Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Listen, Jesus was the greatest storyteller there ever was. And he would use regular stories that people knew about, stories about farming, stories about sports, stories about war, stories that people knew to illustrate the the kingdom, what the kingdom of God was like, because people didn't even know what the kingdom of God was like. So he'd use things that people knew about so that they can understand what the kingdom of God was like. This was a story about Matthew 25. Now, it wasn't the Martians up here that was the story. But it was a story, it was in Matthew 25, and I want you to read it. There's actually about 15 verses here, but I want to read all the way through the verses, and then I'm just going to highlight a few things about them, okay? But I want you to look at it with me, and this is what this was about. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like, okay? So the whole thing is what the kingdom of heaven is like. In other words, it's not just a lesson for today. It's not just a lesson for your teenage years or for your adult years or for your old years. It's really how it's going to be for eternity. This is how life is in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents and to another he gave two and to another he gave one to each according to his ability. And immediately he left and he went on a journey. It says, and then he would receive the five talents, went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. And he who had received one went and dug in the ground. He hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. We saw it in the video, right? Okay. He says, so he who had received five talents came and brought the five talents and said, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I gained you five more talents besides them. And his Lord said, say it with me, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I'll read he also had, who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained you two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, read it with me, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he would receive the one talent came to him and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. You're reaping where you haven't sown. And you're gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, notice, I was afraid, and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, here, have what's yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, read this with me, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take, he's he's still reading, so you read, ready? So take the talent from him and give it to the one with 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Even what he has will be taken away. Now, stewardship, 
we're talking about stewardship. Would you just write the word down if you're taking notes today? And this would be a good one to take notes about is stewardship. Jesus here was talking about stewardship. He was teaching how the kingdom of God works. What is stewardship? Stewardship is the job of supervising or taking care of something that's not yours. Right? Who owned, who owned, who owned the, uh, the kingdom? Who owns the kingdom? God, right? Who owned the kingdom in this? It was the master owns the kingdom, right? But he was stewarding. He was taking care of it for the master. So it's the job of supervising or taking care of something. It's the responsibility of managing something entrusted to one's care. So the example would be the talent. A, temple, a talent's really just a weight, and it represents a very large sum of money that we see here, very large sum of money. So it's stewardship, okay? Stewardship is what we're talking about today. There are many things that God gives you to steward. There's money he gives you to steward. There's gifts he gives you to steward. There's time that he gives you to steward. There's all kinds of things that the Lord gives us uh, to steward, but we have to be good stewards. Something that we have to know right away is that God owns everything. You don't, have, you don't have ownership. I don't have ownership of anything. That's why so, sometimes if we, we don't get that straight and we think we own things, then we're going to start fighting with God. That's right. right? God's going to say, I want you to do this. And I want, well, wait a minute. I have this. And I'm, we, we start fighting with God when we think we own it. We don't own anything. You don't own diddly squat, as someone says, right? He owns everything. And anything you have, he gave it to you, Right? And also, anything he wants you to do, he's going to provide you for the gifts. He's going to provide you with the capacity and the gifts to be able to do it, right? It would be like if you went and got a job, and uh, that job is going to provide you with all of the gifts and the capacity to be able to do the job. Let me just, for instance, okay, you go get a job at Chick-fil-A, right? They're not, you're not going to show up for your first day at Chick-fil-A, and they're going to say, hey, did, did, did you bring the oil? Today for the friars, you're gonna. Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to bring the oil. Yeah. Hey, did 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 you bring the chicken? I didn't know I was bringing. Well, you're not gonna. They're not expecting you to bring the oil, bring the chicken, right? Why? You're not the owner, right? They they just they expect you to show up though, and to do what you're asked to do, right? Right? Did they? do, Do you come in and they say, did you pay the electric bill? You know, it's the last day the electric bills due. Well, this guy is crazy, man. In fact, you think he's he's irresponsible. Why? You're not the owner. You're not the one. They, they provide everything. They do everything. They give you everything. But they do expect you to be a steward. And then when you come into management, now you have to steward responsibilities and steward other people. So God owns everything. And God gives you everything you need to work with. But it, you have to be a good steward and I have to be a good steward. Um, there's four points of stewardship that I want to go over with from Matthew 25. Now, I'm sure there's dozens of them. So you might say, you missed some. I promise you I missed some, but I'm only going over four. Okay, right now. Number one is this. Out of Matthew 25, God gives us what we can handle. God gives us what we can handle. And let me show you where this is. In Matthew 25, 15, it says, to one he gave five, to another he gave two, to another he gave one, to each according to his ability. I know that sometimes you can read, he gave one, we gave two, and he gave five, and you could think, that's not fair. Because why did one get one, and one got two, and one got five? Why does some have five talents, and one has two, and one has five? No, do you know they all got the same? All three of these got the same amount. They all got exactly what they could handle. They all got exactly what they could handle. Have you ever, if you, if you ever... Uh, 
packed up your car with groceries and you have your kids or you have people and, they're, and you're, you're handing them grocery bags and you have the eggs and you have the bread and you have the meat and you have the big box and you have all the stuff and someone comes out, you know, I'll tell you what, I, I don't hand, when we go to Costco and we have the box that's filled up with like the meat and all the stuff, you know, for our family, I don't hand the big box to Zoe. She comes out and she goes, I'll help. You know what I hand her? The bread. Right? And she's all, see, I got the bread, you know, and she walks over to each according to his ability. And then, but I, but I might hand, hand Miles or hand David or hand someone the big one that, well, they don't look at it and go, why'd you hand me the box? You didn't hand Zoe the box. You didn't hand, well, the, the capacity's the same. In other words, to them, it's the same thing. It's the same for them to lift the box as it would be for them to lift the box. Do you know it's the same thing? The Lord gives you what you can handle. If the Lord's asking you to do something, you can handle it. And sometimes that'll stress you out. Like, I don't know if I can handle this. If he's given it to you, you can handle it with his grace. And sometimes you go, I can handle a lot more than this. Maybe not. Right? Because when you distribute things, you distribute them based on ability and responsibility. Ability means what you can do. Responsibility means what you will do. Somebody know what I mean? That quote's right here. I just said it. <laughs> Ability is what, what you can do. Like if you're a business owner or you're a manager of something, it's what you, will, what you can do, right? Your capacity. But your responsibility is what you will do. It's really your ability to respond to situations consistently, right? So in other words, day in and day out, when there's pressure on the job, when there's, when there's rain, when there's weather, when there's snow, when there's hard times, when there's low pay, when there's things going on, you'll always respond, the, the ability to respond, response ability, you'll respond consistently to that situation. So it has more to do with, with character than competence, right? And so you, you will designate Things based on not just abilities, but responsibilities. Sometimes we say, Lord, I have the ability to do that. Yeah, but do you have the responsibility to do that? I have the capacity to do that. Well, you can do it, but will you do it, right? Okay, so, and, and the answer is yes, Lord. Come on, so everybody just say yes, Lord. Yeah, okay, so he says, each one has according to his ability. So the Lord will give you what you can do. Okay, number two is that I want to point out with this is God is pleased when we're faithful over a, look at the word, say few things. Somebody say few things. Because you say few things, is that just the one? No, all of them were few things. In fact, look at this here. It says in, uh, in these verses, it says, so he who had received five talents, notice this, he says, I've gained five more talents. And he says to this person, you were faithful over a, Few things. He even called the five talent person few things. Because to God, even five talents, just a few things. See, even if you think that you're overloaded right now, you're overloaded is just one spectrum on the chart of what God really has for you. You're right here and you think I'm at the top of my, no, you're at the top of whatever your thinking is. God has many more levels above the levels and above the things. If you would just, in fact, I believe in the book of Psalm, what is it, 72, 78, or 78, 72, it says, you've limited the Holy One of Israel. Sometimes we limit the Lord with our thinking. 
And we need to stretch our thinking and be able to say, Lord, uh, it's just a few. It, it, it's just a little bit to you, even the five talents. And look in the two talents. He says, you've been faithful over a few things. So what does that mean? That God is pleased when we're faithful over a few things. Whatever he's given you, whether it be five, two, or one, it's just a few things to God. So just be faithful. Number three is God is not pleased when we undermine and sit on our gifts. I said, God's not pleased when we undermine or sit on our gifts. Have you ever done it before? Undermine or sit on our gifts. Undermine or sit on our gifts. I want you to look at this verse. It says here, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to, I knew you to be a hard man. It's kind of like blaming it on God, right? This is my reasoning. I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I want you to notice these words. Say this with me. I was afraid. By the way, when you're afraid, who are you protecting? When you're afraid, who are you thinking about? The thing that strengthens fear, that gives fear the, the, the fuel to continue to live is selfishness. That's why it says perfect love in 1 John chapter 5 casts out fear. The opposite of fear is not faith. The opposite of fear is love. Because he who loves has not been made perfect in, he who fears has not been made perfect in love, 1 John 5 says. So if you, if you have fear in your life, phobias in your life, any kind, of fear in your life, what do you do? You have to work on your love. Yeah. Love walk. Start meditating in the word and love. Get love in your life, right? And what'll happen? When you get love in your life, you'll stop thinking about you. Yes. And when you stop thinking about you, what happens? You're just like a little kid. You're not worried about things. Why? Because you don't even realize the danger that's there because you're not trying to self-protect, right, with this. He says, I was afraid. So when you're afraid, what did Adam and Eve do when they were afraid? They went and hid. I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. He said, look, have what's yours. And then he says, but his, his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Like, I don't want what's mine. I already had what was mine. Like, if I wanted what was mine, I would have kept it. But I gave it to you to steward so you could use it. I want increase. I gave it to you to steward in, in fact, you know, do you remember where Jesus said, and I think it's John 15, he said, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Yes. How do you glorify, Lord, I want to glorify you. Then bear fruit. You want to glorify the Lord? Bear fruit. Yes. Amen? Yeah, that's, and that's what he says. Uh, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew I reap where I've not sown. And you, I gather where I've not scattered seed. Why? Because the Lord distributes and he plants. So you ought to have at least deposited my money, like giving me some interest, right? So he says, so take the talent from him and give it to the one, by the way, who did he give it to? The one who had 10 talents, right? Because he probably had more capacity to be able to give it, right? To be able to give it. And so uh, he entrusted him with that. I want you to notice though in, uh, in um, uh, oh, so God entrusts more to those who steward, number four. God entrusts more to those who steward well the things that they've been given. God entrusts more to those who steward well the things they've been given. Look at this in verse uh, 28. It says, so take the talent from him, give it to the one who has 10 talents. For, would you read this with me? For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. 
but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. If you don't understand that verse, it could almost sound weird. Like, is that the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer? What does that mean? To everyone who has, more will be given, even what he has. Here's what it means. In fact, let me read it out of a different translation, and it might make more sense. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given, and they'll have an abundance. In other words, you put something in someone's hands, and they, they don't hide it. They don't bury it. They don't have fear and sit on their hands, but they use the gifts God's given them. They use those gifts. What will happen? God will give you more gifts. God will put, put more out there for you. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. This verse is the secret to more. More ministry, more trust. God using you more. God, I want you to use me. The key to the next season's this season. See, because sometimes we wanna pray for more. And I believe God's coming back and saying, what have you done with what I've already given you? Lord, I want you to speak to me. Give me your eyes. What about the people I've already shown you to love? But show me the people that you're looking at. I've already shown you the people. Are you loving them? Show me, let me hear the hearts of the people. Are you hearing the hearts of the people that you've already been around? But I want new people. (laughs) I want to see different people. Those are hard people. (laughs) Those were tough people, Lord. Yeah, that's who I want you to start with. Start with the people that I've given you to. Oftentimes we're asking God for more, but are we taking care of the things that are right in front of us? If you're taking care of the things that God has put right in front of you, I promise you, you won't ever have to ask the Lord for more. According to stewardship, he'll always give you more. He'll always give you more. There'll always be more. I'm telling you, and I'm not saying I've always got it right because I do not always get it right. I mess up all the time. But I can tell you this, I always have, I feel like way more than I can handle. Way more opportunities than I can handle. Way more requests than I can handle. Way more things are put in my lap and I have to say no, 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 no. I don't ever have to apply for something. I don't ever have to, to, to check on doors, knock on doors, try to pray that God would open something up. I don't ever even ask the Lord would open it up. Why? Because I, I'm too busy just trying to keep up with what he's asking me to do now. I'm not saying I don't ever ask, but I'm just, my point is, sometimes we get so distracted by the future that we forget about what he's asked you to do right now. Now is the future. It is the key to what he's asking you to do. Paul gives some advice, some really good advice to the Corinthian church. Actually, the Holy Spirit wrote through the apostle Paul, and he gives some really good advice. He says this. To the church, he says, and this I give advice, writes to the church, it's to your advantage that not only you'll be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, he says, hey, you've been talking about, you ever know someone who's been talking about something for like a year, two years, three years? Like you walk into, I'm not, 
I hate to bring this up, but I'm saying, because it's happened in my house, where you walk into the house and, and you walk in, they go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fix that light right there. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you come back next six months and they go, oh, yeah, I'm going to fix that light right there. I'm going to, I'm going to fix that. And then a year later, they go, yeah, I'm going to fix that light right there. You know, <laughs> you talk about this. And you want to walk in and go, hey, you're going to fix that light right there. <laughs> right? Because we just tend to just, we just tend to put things off, right? We just tend to put, but do you know, we do the same thing with the Lord. We tend to put things off. The Lord says, call that person, text that person, follow up with that person, Right? Right? Do this. Step out on this. Do this. And we just tend to put it off and, it be, and look, what's on our task list until the point where we just go, ah, that's old news. Ah, that's old, that's old things that the Lord put on my heart. Look at what he says. This advice I give you is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, but now you also must complete the doing of it. It's like quit talking about it. Quit starting it. Complete the job that as... There was a readiness to desire it. He's like, it's good that you desire it. So there also may may be a completion out of what you have. He says, for if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted. Well, let me go back and let me just just make a a point about that because I jotted something down about that. Um, He says here, there, there, there are things that you've been desiring and there's things you've been talking about for a year now he says, but now is the time not just to desire it and to talk about it, but to do it and to complete it, okay? To do it and to complete it. Now, he says, for if there is first a willing mind. By the way, God always starts with willingness. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, right? Willing is the heart, obedient is the action. It's the hand, right? Uh, that, that's in uh, willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Is it Isaiah 1, 18? Something like that? Yeah. And then uh, uh, it's God who works in you both to will and to do. That's the willing and obedient, the heart and the hand. They, all, they both work together, right? But he says, if there's a willing mind inside, it is accepted according to what one has. I want you to notice right here he has the ability and not according to what one doesn't have. Can I tell you, God will never ask you for what you don't have. Come on. But, he, but if you say you're available, he'll almost always ask you what you do have. Amen. Right? He says, it, it, look at it is accepted if you, if you have a willing mind. It's, it's according to what one has and not according to what one doesn't have. For I do not mean, I'll explain this to you real quick. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened. In other words, you're not going to have to do all the work. Don't worry about it. He says, but by an equality that now at this time, say now at this time, he's like, this time around, you're going to pick up the check. But you're not going to have to pick up the check every time. Why? Because you have the money in your pocket. So you're going to pick up the check this time, and next time, I'm going to have someone else pick up the check. Watch this. Sort of like that. Watch this. Check it out. He says, for I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by an equality that now at this time, your abundance may supply their lack. He's saying, like, you have what it takes gift-wise to take care of this. He says that their abundance may also supply your life. They have some things that you need. So it's not a one-way street. Somebody know what I'm saying? Okay. He says that there may be equality. In other words, it goes both ways. As it is written, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. What is he saying? The body of Christ 
is about you giving the things that you have. God will never ask you to give what you don't have. Starts with willingness. And then it goes to God will say, hey, you have. In fact, what do you have in your hand? Who did he say that to? He said that to Moses. Remember? Moses is like, he said, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He's like, I, 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 I stutter, right? He didn't he say that? He said, like, I stutter, Lord. He's like, I, I didn't before, before but, but, but I do now, <laughs> right? I stutter, right? And he said, what do you have in your hand, Moses? And he goes, uh, like he was a shepherd. So he's like, uh, uh, uh. Stuff. <laughs> and what did he say? He said, throw it down. He's like, oh, oh good. <laughs> like he's going to walk away. And what happened? It became a serpent. It became the weapon, the tool to put the magicians, right? And that same staff was, in fact, he threw it down and, and it, it, turned from, it turned from his staff into what was called in the Bible the rod of God. It was referred from the staff. It was changed from the staff into what was called the rod of God. Yes. See, God will take what you have. What did, what did Jesus say to his disciples? Let's feed the 5,000. And what did he say? What do you have? Yes. See, he won't ever ask you what you don't have. He didn't say, what, what do we not have? Right. No, he said, what do you have? And then they said, well, it'll take us all this. And, and he said, like, seriously, what do you have? <laughs> Sometimes the Lord will ask you, what do you have? And you're like, I don't really have nothing. He's like, I'm serious. What do you have? I mean, I'm serious. What do you have? Because the, sometimes the very first thing you want to do is discount yourself. Right. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's apathy. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's selfishness. Right? Sometimes it's just, I don't, I don't want to get involved. I don't, I don't want to take a chance. I don't want to take a risk again. I don't feel like I can do it. I don't want to get involved. But listen, if you want to be used by God, God will say, here's the assignment. If you're willing... I'll, I'll start with what you have, not with what you don't have. So he looked at them and he said, quit talking about it. Quit talking about last year. He said, now is the time that your abundance may supply the lack. Stewardship is using the gifts that God has given you. If you write anything down, write that down. Stewardship is using the gifts that God has given you. That was Paul's advice here. Use the gifts that he has given you. God always starts with your willingness and your ability. Your willingness and your ability. He'll ask you to give what you have. Now, um, stewardship is using your gifts and your ability. Every person who's listening today, God has given you some type of ability. He's given you gifts. He's given you gifts of art. He's given you gifts of administration. He's given you gifts of leadership. He's given you gifts to pastor people, to love people. He's given you gifts to prophesy. He's given you gifts of healing. He's given you gifts of hope. He's given you gifts of administration. He's given you all kinds of gifts the Lord's given you. And if you don't begin to identify those gifts and use those gifts, then you'll never see those gifts come into fruition. There's three main gifts, and these are, these are I can go over very quickly, but there's three main gifts that, and, and we all know what they are, they're time, talent, and treasure. You may have heard this before, time, talent, and treasure. With time, look at this, Ephesians chapter 5, it says this. See then that you walk circumspectly. What is that? Uprightly. In other words, don't play. You ever walk into a place, you know, there's times to play, like you can hang out on the playground, but then you walk into a certain place, and like mama or dad or something looks at you and say, don't play. Like, don't play. 
Right now is not the time to play. And you're like, yeah. That's what he says. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. Not as fools. Don't play. But as wise. Look at this. Somebody say it with me. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. By the way, that word time, that word time is the Greek word kairos. It's a moment in time. It's not just time as in general. It's redeem. God has appointed times for people. Sometimes people just miss church, and God has a word from God for them at church that day. Sometimes people miss their prayer time, and God had the word that was going to alter your year that year. Sometimes you miss something, an appointed time that God, there was something that was announced that you had. There was something that, and you just say, I don't have time for it because I got to get all the other things that are going in. But God has kairos moments. He has appointed times. He has things that are set up. And what does he say? He says, walk circumspectly, not as fools, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We live in a world to where there's evil, evil, evil going on. Therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Somebody say, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Today. Be, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. We live in a, in a culture of media. The word media is just kind of like a transference from one thing to another thing, like a medium between here to there, like a bridge, okay? That's a medium or a media. We live in a social media world to where they have the internet and television and social media and all these things. And there are thousands Tens of thousands, probably millions of statistics that are out there. So I'm not going to bore you with all of them. But I'm going to give you just a few statistics of things. We're talking about don't be distracted with all the media. Look at this. Look at this. People today spend three times as much time on social media as they do socializing in the physical world. I'm talking about something that you have stewardship over. That's time. And yet you spend, we spend Three times the amount of time looking at a screen instead of looking face-to-face with people and we wonder why there's social anxiety going on today. You can't relate to a screen. Look at this. 53% of kids own their own smartphone by the time they're 11, age 11. Kids 8 to 12 years old get an average of four hours and 44 minutes of screen time a day. Kids spend an average of 102 minutes a day on TikTok. On TikTok. Now I know there'd be some in this room that would say, that's it? (laughs) I raised the average, right? (laughs) Many times over. And there's others that would say, What's TikTok, right? Probably nobody. But 27% of children who spend three or more hours daily on social media exhibit poor mental health. TikTok is also the social app that most parents will block. Look at this. American teens average seven hours and 22 minutes of screen time a day. American teens. Seven hours. You think, not my teen. Track their phone. They'll teach you how to. (laughs) 
95% of teens use YouTube and next to TikTok at 67%. 95% of teens are on YouTube. This is on a daily basis. Next TikTok, 67%. Each year, Americans spend over 11 days on TikTok. 11 days mean if you equaled up all the time, it would be that, that amount of time. Symptoms of depression are twice as likely to appear in teens who spend more than five hours a day on their smartphones. Well, we just said that seven hours a day is the average. So symptoms of depression, no wonder why social anxiety. And they're just saying, what's going on with our teens? Well, what do you think is going on with our teens? Right? Social media disagreements between couples account for one in every three divorces. Does that surprise anybody? Does that surprise anybody? No. Lord, help us. He says, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Don't be drunk with wine. See, we can be intoxicated not just with alcohol or wine or drugs. We can be intoxicated by media. We can be intoxicated by all kinds of things. In fact, I think it's the worst kind of intoxication. Distractions. Distractions from the voice of the Lord. People experiencing spiritual deafness. I think it's a, one of the biggest, one of the biggest, talk about a pandemic, one of the biggest breakouts in our world is spiritual deafness. Not being able to hear the voice of the Lord. Not being able to hear what God is saying. Walk circumspectly, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. I'm not saying nobody can watch TV or social media or gaming. And by the way, when I'm talking about gaming and those things too, I'm talking about men too. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know guys, I have buddies who will sit and play as many games as anybody. You know, and I'm not against that. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. But redeem the time. Yes. Pay attention. Pay attention. Charles Chu said this. We all have the time we need. The scary part is that we ignore that we're too addicted, too weak, and too distracted to do what we all know is important. It's not that we don't know. It's not that we don't know. It's that we don't want to change. Why? Because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I enjoy watching videos too. I'm telling you, I enjoy, I enjoy laughter. I enjoy humor. If you're around me, I enjoy videos and fun. I'm not into perversity and those things, but I'm telling you, I enjoy it too. But there's times I got to check my heart. And if, 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 it's, if it's stepping ahead of the things of the Lord. Listen to this. Listen to this. I don't have this on the screen. I heard this statistic, and I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I believe it, but I heard it from a reputable source. It says this. If you added up all of your TV, social media, and wasted time in a year, you could read. This person said 1,600 books in a year. I don't believe that. But what if it was 100 books a year? All of your time of social media, uh, TV, 
you could read over 100 books a year. Um, if you would, uh, this one's true, listen, if you would eliminate one hour of TV a day, one hour of TV a day, and read the Bible instead, you could read through the whole Bible in six months. If you just eliminate one hour of TV a day and read the Bible instead, you could read through the whole Bible in six months. Redeeming the time. Just taking advantage of the little time. Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. Let me give you some practical tips with time. Slow down. Slow down. Think about what you're doing. Think about the decisions you make. Leave yourself time to wake up. Don't just get up, oh, I got to get that last five minutes. It's not going to matter. Give yourself time to pray. Give yourself time to read the Bible. Listen, give yourself time in 2023 to listen to God. Give yourself time to not only ask God what to do, but take 10 minutes to hear his voice. Be still. Listen to the Lord. Let me tell you what else. It's just just some advice on this. Um, Not only uh, leave yourself time, but give yourself time to drive to work. You ever try to drive and all these cars whip by you? Get there early. Listen to God more. Plan time around things that really matter. Plan time around people. Plan time around relationships. We don't even have time. We're in, we, 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 we're, we're talking to people, and as you're talking to people, they're looking over your shoulder, and they're busy, and they're going on to the next thing, because why? And they're not even, they don't even have anything important. I was talking to a person a little while ago, and, and I love them. They're close to me, and they're telling me about, oh, I got a busy day. I said, what, what, do, you, what do you got going on? Oh, I got, they didn't have anything going on. Really, when I boiled it down, they said, really, honestly, I don't really have anything going on. I just didn't want to, really, honestly, I just didn't want to sound like, at the end of the day, they just didn't want to sound like they're unimportant. So they want to accelerate things, which what does what? It ruins relationships. Schedule time loosely so that you can spend time with people. You can spend time with the Lord. Slow down. Start cutting out the junk little by little. Not just food, but start cutting out ma- your, your hours. If, you, if, you, if you're on TikTok five hours a day, cut it down to three. <laughs> cut it down to two. I'm trying to give you like little step-by-step goals. You know what I mean? Cut it down to two. Cut it down to something. Right? I know someone says, none at all. It ain't going to work for most, most people. But start somewhere. Pray about it. See what the Lord will do. Pray about it. But start cutting it down. For some, the Lord will just say, cut it off. Cut it off. That, that, that takes the most time. But this talent, this, these I'm just going to whip through. Each of you, he says in 1 Peter, uh, we're talking about talent. We're talking about talent. Each of you. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. I want you to notice again, God's not going to ask you to use gifts you don't have. God's, oh, I could never stand up there and speak. Then God will probably won't ask you to do it. He's not going to ask you to do things you can't do. Use whatever gifts you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. I want you to look at this one verse, and I want, and I want to point out some things on each line. Each of you, each of you. I want you to notice every single person in here has a gift. Each of you, each of you. Look at the second line. Whatever gift you've received. 
God has given every, every person a gift, and he's only asking you to, to use the gift he, you've received. It would be like you having money in your left pocket, like you having 100 bucks in your left pocket, and then me coming and saying, here's, here's 100 bucks for your right pocket. I want you to go and distribute money out of your right pocket. And you go, and, I'm not going to give people my money. I'm like, it's not your money. I, I'm, I'm giving you money out of your right pocket for it to distribute to people. I'm not going to give people my money. You're like, you want me to say it again? Like, God, he only said give gifts that you've received. So only give gifts. Look at whatever gift you've received, distribute those. And listen, to serve others. The reason the Lord gives us gifts are not for ourselves. Sometimes we go, I don't like my gifts because they're not for you. The Lord may have given you the gift to cook omelets and you don't like omelets. Who cares? I like omelets. You can cook me omelets. I'm just using that as an example, okay? You don't need to cook me omelets. I'm, I'm good, but I'm just saying. The point is, the gifts he's given you is to serve others. He's given you gifts to encourage. Encourage others, right? As, and then notice, as faithful servants of God's grace. Notice, it's to, it's to serve others, but you're stewards. As faithful what? Stewards. What does steward means? It means you don't own it. You don't have to supply it. He's supplying it. So it's each of you. It's the gift that's been given to you. Like, pick it up at the door, all the resources. It's to serve others, and you're being a steward. He says, in its various forms. And then he says, on this next one, he says, if anyone speaks, do as of the very words of God. If anyone serves, do it with the strength that God provides. Do it with the strength that God provides. Do it with the strength that God provides. This year is going to be a year that I, I know the Lord gave me three things for 2023 for this church. And three, one of the things is this is going to be a year of releasing the gifts. It's going to be a year of releasing the gifts. I, I mean, I am all out to release every single, to do everything I can do to release the gifts in people this year. It's, there's are some extraordinary gifts that are in this church. What comes natural to you? What things uh, can you do that other people can't do? What things do you enjoy doing? What ways can you contribute to others that, that are just, that they just come natural to you? They come easy to you. Uh, uh, is it with people? Is it with projects? Is it with planning? Uh, if you've never gone through growing together, by the way, or discovering your gifts, this would be a good time to jump in and go on. And then last of all is this treasure, treasure. Uh, Jesus said, give you a couple of verses here. Jesus said, no one. Somebody say, no one. No one can serve two masters. Notice he didn't say no one should serve two masters. If there's one thing that competes with God in your life, it's going to be money. Jesus didn't put a lot of things up against God. But it's sort of like an affair in a marriage. If there's something that's going to compete with God in your, in your Christian life, it's going to be money. I'm just going to say that. There's, there's people that I know, even, even here at Memphis Tavern, that have walked away, not only from our church, but have walked away from the Lord. And I've called them, and I stay in contact with them. Multiple. And, and I've said, hey, what's going on? I just got to make that money. I just got to make that money. I got to make sure I have money. If there's one thing that competes. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. 
You'll, you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot, notice, serve God and be enslaved to money. God, I believe God has no problem with you having money. God does have a problem with money having you. No one can serve two masters. He says here at the end of this chapter, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be, notice what? Earned? Earned? Given. The father wants to give. He says if you'll seek first the kingdom, all these things, if you'll put God first, all these things will be given to you as well. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money is the root of all. Some of us said, the money's root of all evil. No, it didn't say the money, money, the love. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. Eve was tempted with it. Jesus was tempted with it. When, when it was one of the temptations that Satan tried to tempt Jesus. All these things, right, I'll give you if you'll bow to me and worship, right? The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. By the way, let me, let me tell you what this didn't say. It didn't say rich people. Because sometimes people can look and say, yeah, that's right, those rich people. No, it didn't say about how much money. Because there's poor people who have greed. And there's rich people who have greed. Has nothing to do with the amount of money you have in your, it's the amount of risk that you have in your heart. Are you sold out to the Lord? Is Jesus the Lord of your life, right? The love of money is the root of all evil. Jesus has to be first in our lives. Jesus has to be first. Let me give you just a couple of tips and then I have the last scripture that I'm just gonna repeat on that with money. And that's this, you can't serve God in money. The love of money has pulled a lot of people away from the Lord. The way you trust God is to seek first God with money. Jesus taught the principle of how to break this. Is he said, you've got to put God first. You've got to put God first with money. That's why I, I teach and I believe in tithing. It's not because the church needs your money. It's because God needs your heart. And I believe with all of my heart that when you, Jesus said where your treasure is, where your money is, there your heart is. He didn't say where your heart is, your treasure is. He didn't say your, where, where your heart is, that's where your money will be. No, he said wherever your money is, that's where your heart will fall. You go invest in a boat, your heart will be in boats. You go invest in land and property, your hand, heart will be in land and property. You invest in kingdom, your heart will be in kingdom. What did he say? Make sure that you put first the kingdom of God. That's why I always teach tithe and offering. Why? It'll keep your heart after God first. I trust in God first. And what it'll do, that's what I, I, I teach. That's what I'm going to teach my generations and every generation until the day that I die, until I see something else. It's not to get money. And, and someone says, is that under the law? No, it's not a law. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. In fact, if you do it because it's a law, you lose your blessing anyway. It's not the letter of the law. No, it's not the letter of the law. You don't have to do it. But it is something that's the spirit of your heart, Amen. keeping your loyalty in your heart before the Lord. It's why I believe, because God owns it all. God doesn't have an issue with money again. God has an issue with money having us. Bring the first 10th 
to God, do everything you can do to stay out of debt. Let me just say, don't come up and thank, thank God to me that you got a new loan for this and a new loan for that. Well, you can. I'll just ask you to go through financial peace because you don't want to get into a bunch of debt. You don't want to get into a bunch of debt. You want to do everything you can do to get out of debt. Well, you don't understand my situation. I do understand your situation. Let me tell you, we, Tiffany and I have been in a lot of debt. And by the grace of God uh, and by the help of the Lord, uh, we got completely out of debt. Thank God for that. And so, but let, no, let me, just, let me just tell you, though, uh, uh, do everything you can do to stay out of debt and learn to steward your money for the Lord. Learn to steward your money for the Lord. Time talent and treasure. This is the last slide that I have, and I want you to open your heart before the Lord. Look at, start with what you have. This is the lesson for today. Start with what you have, not with what you don't have. Start with what you have. Time, talent, and treasure. He says this scripture, if, there's, if this is a summary of everything I just said, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. I want us to do this in 2023. Listen, let's just wipe out 2022, whether it was good, bad, or ugly. And let's just say in 2023, we're going to start a brand new year, and with time, talent, and treasure, we're going to give it to the Lord. Can somebody do that with me? We just say this is going to be a good year. Amen. Come on, just take your hands, would you, uh, as a symbol of your life, and say, God, this is my life today, and say, I give you my time. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I give you my time, I give you my calendar, I give you my schedule. I give you my, my work time, my study time, my social time, my wake time, my sleep time. Just offer it to the Lord. You talk. Talk to the Lord. God, I offer you my time. And Lord, if there's something that you want to, me to surrender, whether it be TV, cut it down, cut it out, certain days of fasting it, certain times of fasting it, social media I surrender myself to you knowing that you have my best interest in mind you're my Lord I give you my time God I give you my talent would you tell him that I give you my talent I give you my gifts today I surrender every gift to you I surrender my heart to you say this Lord I'm willing and I'm obedient to do whatever Jesus says to do. Starts with my heart. My heart is for you. I surrender my gifts to you, Lord. I give my gifts to you. Help me to serve others with my gifts. God, I pray this today. Help me to do better at serving people with my gifts. And Lord, my treasure, help me to be a better steward with my treasure. Would you tell him that? Lord, help me to be a better steward with my finances. For some of you, it might be just to get on a budget. <laughs> Uh-oh. For some, it may be to start giving. Some, it may be to quit being cheap. Quit being fearful. Start trusting the Lord. For, for some, it might be there's something you're being dishonest about with your finances and, and you're not sure if you were honest about it if, if you could make it. 
well, this is the year to get it right. See if God won't make it right. Either God's, either God's real or he's not. <laughs> either God's true to his word or he's not. <laughs> either God's going to come through or he's not. <laughs> and he is. <laughs> God, we give you our time, our talent, our treasure, and every part of our lives today. We lift up our lives to you. Now, would you do this? Would you take your hands and lift them up to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I lift my life up to you. Right now as a symbol of this year, I give you 2023. I give you my stewardship. I give you everything you've given me. I hand it back to you and I say, use me for yourself. And God, I, 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 I let go of last year. I let go of decisions. I let go of victories. I let go of defeats. I forget those things which are behind me and I move forward to the things which are ahead. In Jesus' name. And the most important decision any one of us can make in our lives, and I know many of you have made it, but maybe some haven't, and that's to surrender our lives to the Lordship of Jesus. I just want to make sure that no one leaves the room today without having the opportunity to know that if we got taken into eternity today, that I'd see you in heaven. (laughs) Jesus died for your sins. He loves you so much. He was raised again on the third day. And he says, whoever would make him the Lord of their lives, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord would be saved. So I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. In fact, could everybody, if you have a sincere heart today, would you say, Jesus, I call on your name today. I open my heart to you. I repent of my sins. And today, fresh and new, I call you my Lord and the Savior of my life. Come into my heart and make me new. From this day forward, I call myself a believer. Thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.